Hey everybody, this is Josh, founder of Intelligame.us. I know it's been a while since you've heard a podcast update from Intelligame, but I've conducted some really fantastic audio interviews over the past couple of months that I really want to share with you. Now, I wouldn't quite call this the relaunch of the Intelligame podcast, but perhaps instead we can consider these podcast extras to tide you over until our full relaunch. Today's extra is an interview with Rena Purdy, a game developer that I met at PAX South in San Antonio. She's currently working on Floating Wonderland, a game that's on Kickstarter for just a couple more days, so I encourage you to check it out and give her some support. Her story is unique and really powerful, and though I would take more time to talk about her experiences, I think it's probably best if you hear from her directly. Now, just as a heads up, this story does contain some discussions of mental health, of trauma, and abuse, so if those are difficult subjects for you, I encourage you to do what you need to to take care of yourself. Thanks. Rena, thank you for joining me today. Yes, hi there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Why don't you introduce yourself and, and tell folks a bit about sort of your background in, in game dev. Hi there, I'm Rena. I'm a video game developer. Um, I've been working by myself for the last few years on this project, Floating Wonderland. It's a bit of a passion work for me, actually, and um, really, I'm, I'm really glad to be showing it off, and I'm really glad that people are taking interest in it, honestly. It's, um, it's a pleasure. So what got you started on this particular project and for folks who may not know some of the the game's inspiration can you tell them a bit about what floating wonderland is okay so um the whole game it was um very sonic inspired in its kind of uh in its development i've always been a big fan of platforming games and sonic 3 and knuckles has always been like the it's, it's the game that i grew up with it's 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 the game that I've always sort of used as a template for the kind of things that I like to play. The general concept of the game is that it's set in this world of floating islands that are just all over the place, and the gravity can act in any directions. So it controls very similarly to a Sonic game, um, but there are like arrows and um, all sorts of things scattered through the levels that just kind of, um, every time you touch them, it changes the direction of the gravity. And there are all sorts of things that might also like respond to those gravity changes, like certain hanging platforms that might swing into a new position whenever they, uh, uh, whenever the gravity changes. And I just wanted to expand on this whole concept of, of what you could do with, um, with a game if the gravity can point in any direction. And I wanted to be able to make um, big, explorable environments that just sort of, um, depending on how you utilize the gravity, um, you could get into all sorts of different places. Okay, very cool. Well, it seems like you've been working on this project for a while, and I believe you said you were making it in Game Maker Studio? No, I'm using uh, Multimedia Fusion to put it together. It's actually um, some software that I bought like back when I was probably twelve years old or something like that. Um, wow. Yeah, I I, I was uh, interested in this stuff for a very long time, and um, but yeah, I put together like little cringy fan games. That is, I guess, it was the sort of stuff that kind of built me up to the position where it's like I could put together what I have right now. Yeah, it was always something that I was interested in, and now this is like my first time trying to put together something as a commercial game. So you have been through a pretty unique path on the way to game development. I mean, even your path to attend PAX South uh, was was pretty unique. 
can you talk a little <laughs> bit about yeah right uh can you talk a little bit about sort of i guess your your process how you've been pursuing game development okay so that is a very long story but i'm gonna start um so as i mentioned already i um got the software that I make game de- games in, like back when I was like little, I was always interested in game development, and I put together like little fan games and such. Um, growing up, I had a very um, like awkward upbringing because I kind of uh, lived with like an abusive. Um, I, I I lived with abusive people. I, I I got like beaten a lot as a kid, and it was it. I mean, it's very difficult. To, it's not difficult for me to talk about at this point because it's, it's all in the past for me now. But like, uh, yeah, I used to get like uh, I used to get like beaten. I used to get like. All all these kinds of things eventually like in my late teens i was kind of just kicked onto the streets which actually wasn't um uncommon actually because i it happened several times but this is like the one time that i didn't actually go back um but i ended up getting kicked onto the streets i was homeless for a while and that kind of um was i was i was bouncing around quite a few places but i ended up um in I ended up in paris actually that I mean, long story on to how even that happened, but we're skipping ahead a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I ended up in Paris. Uh, I met this one guy who was like, um, he he owned he owned his own like website. He kind of like he he owned his own website from like an online game that he developed, and and like he was doing pretty well for himself. Like he was pretty well off from that. Um, he kind of like picked me up and got me back on my feet. And I'm still, like, very grateful to him even to this day. And he's, like, um, still a really close friend. Um, so so fa- uh, fast forward from that, like, once I'm back on my feet, I'm still I'm still in this position where I'm still, uh, like, kind of homeless and sort of stuff. I'm still bouncing around a lot of places because I don't really have, like, at this point, I don't have any family. I don't have any, like, home of my own. It's kind of all over the place. So I, I, I kind of, um, over the years, I ended up being, like, this sort of, um, like, hippie couch surfing hitchhiker sort of thing and i just ended up like bouncing across like and like any friends that i knew whether it be like some rando off of a discord server like i have i've legitimately had had things where i've met like a rando on some discord server and and, like stayed at their house like the next night or something like that um like whether, whether it be something like that or like some some people that i've met on a website or something like that like i've just ended up like just constantly sleeping on people's couches for like years on like on end and during all of this time i'd been teaching myself a whole bunch of stuff so like i learned how to like um create plush toys that's how i started like this big collection of like to- plush toys i even had like a little so like a tiny little sewing machine that i left up in vancouver with a friend so that's um and, and i still i i've Gracious. started making a few videos of me like doing my plush toys as well but that's a completely different su- subject i i actually was working like official nintendo repairs for a while which that i don't even oh, i don't wow. even know how to like uh go into how that one happened but um i was i, t- I taught myself like a bunch of stuff around um like uh, about the um 3ds and such and then just happened to get a job with the nintendo with, with like actual nintendo doing the uh the 3ds's for uh for a while so that happened and then like all, all this stuff um like boatsing around and, and and during all of this time like um like the guy who um helped me get back on my feet like i eventually got myself like a like like this little laptop that i still like carry around is at this point it's, it's like cracked and it's got all these things and it's it's got so many problems with it but it's it's, it's my laptop and i freaking love it and it's 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 uh, it's my little baby and um on it i still have the software that i bought back when i was 12 and i'm um i'm developing my game on that as i'm going uh, going along and it's been like a few years of me um putting it together on like 
you know, teaching my, like, still teaching myself how to, like, do all the sprite art. Obviously, I'd already, like, mostly known how to use all the software, so I could, like, like I can write all the kinds of engine stuff that I need to uh, make the game function all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm still sure. in the process of teaching myself how to write music, so that'll be a fun one as it gets, uh, as it goes forward. Um, but yeah, all, all of this um, comes a lot from um sometimes when so some of the places that i'm saying like some of the people who are just like really kind to me and they end up like helping me do a, a whole bunch of stuff and so i have gotten by a lot on the kindness of some of the people around me and um eventually i ended up um messaging like the people at pax because i think um you know, I, I wanted to put, uh, like, I, I'd been putting so much effort into the game that I was developing, and I, to be fair, I'd been putting a lot of effort into all of the stuff that I, that I was doing, but obviously at this point the game was, like, the uh, the, the primary thing at the front of everything that I'm uh, that I'm working on, so I wanted to put that forward, and I wanted people to see what I was doing, so I contacted PAX, and I was trying to see, you know, if I could get involved with that, and um, eventually I phoned, like, that actually could happen so um when i got that back i actually i actually got my uh application form when i was staying with um someone in ottawa um okay. i sent I, I i sort of filled all those forms and i and um in that process i was actually on my way across the continent by this point i was actually in vancouver itself because i had a bunch, a bunch of problems with the host i was staying with on the uh, on the island themselves they um had a few abusive tendencies and that was not really pleasant so i ended up having to retreat off oh to a friend that i had on uh, over there that i actually met five years prior because of the because of that one guy that i met in paris freaking long stories going on here i'm skipping through so many details <laughs> anyway i was back on the mainland in vancouver and i got my um like uh response and it was like oh yeah i could totally come down to pax and i was like well how am i gonna make it to san antonio i know i'll just start hitchhiking all the way down the west coast so like um, actually, well I, I got a bus into seattle for the first point and then i ended up um like getting to portland was not too hard from there it was after thanksgiving actually I ended up uh someone was taking a ride down to san francisco and i ended up jumping into the car in, in the car with them uh it was like some student girl actually days i ended up jumping in the car with her got to santa cruz santa cruz is kind of like my sanctuary because i completely missed I, I completely skipped past one of the important details actually at this point in the interview we suffered a pretty significant interruption an ear-piercing scream that frankly shocked and scared us both we weren't really sure what was going on and after a couple minutes of talking about it Rena said that she wanted to continue the interview. I've deleted the portion with the screaming to protect the privacy of those involved at Rena's request. You'll probably notice that we're both a little bit stupefied and it takes us a bit to get back to our footing, but Rena has been through these kinds of situations before and they're not particularly uncommon in her life. She explains why. I don't know what to do right um i'm just gonna continue with this and i'm, I'm just, I'm just I, I, I uh are you sure would you rather would you i mean like we can pick this up another time that's i know that's I, well, no the, pressure thing is, at all. the problem the thing is there's nothing i can do about what's going on sure. so i just um yeah there's, there's nothing i can really do about what's going on um it's just, uh, God, this is, uh, 
everything everything's awkward time this is this is what happens in my life like freaking no no um no breaks from anything i swear to god <laughs> cheers um welcome to the life of rita <laughs> i i mean it, i would imagine that having i i i can't honestly you know having you see, that level the, of unpredictability yeah no this is the problem like i have no stability in my life and this is pro- part of the reason that i wanted to like you know part of the part of the thing behind the kickstarter is that i was hoping that like maybe you know if i get myself off my feet and just sort of i could i could put myself in a little bit of a a little bit of a stable enough position that i'm like that i can sort of finish this project in a uh, nicer kind of way right um but no i was going to continue on with the story that i was saying um which sure. is the the um there's so there's a video game in 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 that town and this this video game is kind of like my uh it's it, it's it's my home place <laughs> and um they have like I, i'm really good friends with the owner of this store i was talking about this uh actually beforehand uh anyway but like yeah. uh, i'm really i'm really good friends with the uh with the owner of this uh video game store and um one of the things that they have in the store is like this one uh cabinet um near the front and uh there's like in, in that cabinet they have like uh, a bunch of like really cool stuff like a bunch of like retro consoles and all that kind of stuff but in like one of the corners they actually have like um this this row of like um signed uh copies of video games developed by people who live in that tone and i oh, wow. and for me it was like a really um interesting moment for me because it was like there was there, there was titles on that thing like super meat boy and like um there's bit trip binding isaac all that kind of stuff and i was just sort oh, of wow. like that is like it was really cool for me. It was really cool for me to see that because it was like it kind of put, uh, kind of put into perspective that like, it, huh. it it just put into perspective for me that like a normal person could can make this kind of stuff and can have like a big successful thing. And I um and and part of it as well for me was the fact that it's like I wanted to have um I'd already started my game by the point that I was in the store anyways, but like um I wanted to have um. I guess something that people could be proud of for me. The the idea that 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 like the store had like a thing that they proudly displayed stuff uh, made by people in that town kind of made me think that like oh yeah well I could make something and uh, and I could have my own name sort of enshrined within this one little cabinet in the store. Um, so yeah, anyways, that was my little trip through Santa Cruz, and that's. But by the way, of course, this is because uh, I've been to Santa Cruz many times before. But this is just me passing sure. through on my way down to Pax. So, oh, wow. um, but uh, there, yeah, I ended up then getting um getting down to LA. I then got a bus off to San Antonio. Uh, when I got to San Antonio, um, there's a guy that I met in a Discord server two years ago, and um, I, I was staying at his place for like the remainder of the time up until Pax. We actually attempted to drive down to Mexico actually for it to like visit his um, his family for Christmas, wow. but um, we <laughs> that actually failed because um, we tried to cross the border and well it was fine actually like we got accepted to go through the border but our car got denied <laughs> so oh, wow. it's like well if we want to go further into mexico we're gonna to have to walk the rest of the distance <laughs> i didn't know that was a thing 
Yeah, well, that happened, so we couldn't go to, to Mexico, but so we ended up going back into, actually went to Houston, actually, and I'd spent the time in Houston just sort of, like, um, doing some last-minute preparations for the PAX thing. Um, we sure. got, like, I ended up printing that banner, like, a guy up in Canada that I knew sort of, um, like, did some art for me and sent me down some stickers that I could use on my table. Um and then, of course, PAX itself happened, which, again, I, I like, I wouldn't have been able to do without the friend that I had in San Antonio. By the way, it was, like, the most, he like, he has, he, he is quite an enthusiast for his gaming PC. He has, like, this really powerful computer with, like, five monitors. Oh, <laughs> so, I was like, so I was like, well... That's going to be really useful for setting up at PAX. And, yeah. and you can see it in the setup that I had. Like, you know, I had, like, this big thing. And he even had, like, all these mounted monitors on top of the thing. Because, like, as, yeah, this guy was a massive enthusiast for his gaming PC. Yeah. So um, that's how I got to PAX. Um, long story. But it, yeah. that, that's how it happened. Well, I mean, I was... When you first told me about this, and, and we met through a, a, a mutual friend, Miles Agatha... When you first told me about how you got to PAX, I was just like, I I feel like if I had gotten like a flat tire or lost my luggage or something, I'd be like, forget it. It's all done. Um, but you you have cultivated this resilience and this and this drive like the and the ability to, I think, even just accept help. There are a lot of people, myself included, uh, who really struggle with asking for and accepting help. Um, but you seem to have this way of sort of setting your course and just saying, yep, this is what I'm going to do. I mean, you're, you're entire countries away from uh, where we have this discussion in San Antonio now, right? I know, right? I'm in France right now. Yeah. I think for me, it's like accepting help is, help is the only way that I've actually managed to get by in life. Um, and of course, in many cases, you know, I try, I do my best to try and offer things back, which is probably half of the reasons that I picked up so many skills. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I do feel like, um, I don't know. I, I think there's a certain, pr like, kind of toxic pride that a lot of people take, you know, with this whole, like, self depend, you know, self sufficient, whatever. Um, and I think that the community that you've been able to build and the connections that you've been able to make are in no small part due to your ability to like let people in and trust people and like still be resilient through that even when things have gone awry. So yeah, because I have I have had things where I've ended up trusting people that have not gone right, and that's that's always quite sad when it happens, honestly. Um, right. And yeah, I have had some very bad experiences. I have a tendency of doing that, just being a room in the wrong place at the wrong time <laughs> wrong place a lot. At the wrong time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, kind of inevitable when you're living like I do. Rena starts telling me about how even her plans for her trip to Europe changed at the last minute. A friend of hers from Argentina, a person that she met in the Discord server for the game Iconoclasts, told her that he was currently in Spain. She decided that she wanted to meet up with him, and as she was telling this part of the story, we heard yet another scream. Rena decides to pause for a minute to make sure that things are okay and that she's going to be safe. I sit on the line and wait. I hear crashing, and I'm not totally sure what's going to happen, or even what I could possibly do. I'm, after all quite a few countries away. 
But Rena does come back, and she says that she wants to continue on with the interview, that she's okay, and she believes she'll be safe. One one thing that ends up getting a remnant from like the background that I have is that um, as um, you know, w- when you have an abusive upbringing, it never affects you in a good way. And right. um, in my case, um, you know, the, the, for for like the first few years afterwards, it had a massive impact. Like I was, I had a lot of trauma from it. I would, I would have like struggling i would struggle to sleep and i'd have like nightmares and such and have nightmares that like you know the people i grew up with were gonna come get me and such and it was it it prevented me from sleeping i still occasionally get um episodes where um like if i get particularly stressed out like all the nightmares come back and i just stop sleeping for a while that actually happened to me while i was over in vancouver actually so um, but it's very rare at this point. Like, I remember it was very frequent back when it initially happened. But, um, like, uh, as far as things go, I'm not surprised that, that my friend is kind of falling apart right now. Right. I didn't expect it. But knowing what's happened... knowing I mean, I don't even know fully what's happened. But I, I um, like, knowing what i know yeah yeah <laughs> so what was i saying before yeah um you were talking about um oh gracious um i believe the fact that i ended up in europe oh yeah, the fact yeah, that yeah i was gonna say i think yeah. we were in europe now yeah, my, my Argentinian friend ended up contacting... Uh, well, wait, my Argentinian friend from Discord, like, he ended up... Uh, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm in vacation in Spain. I was like, well, you know what? I have a flight to London. It's not like I have any intentions of doing anything when I get to London. So I'm just going to check how easy it is to get to Spain. Um, looked up flights. Oh, hey, there's one for 13 bucks to Malaga. Wow. Let's, uh, let's just take that immediately after I landed London. Wow. So I ended up doing a three-star flight, Austin to Orlando, Orlando to London, London to Malaga. Even through the things that you've been through, you've been able to to find these ways to adapt and to to get into these situations and and still work on your game and all of this stuff in the meantime. I mean, you're you're even running a Kickstarter right now. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I came over to Europe with just a backpack that has my laptop in it because obviously I ain't, I ain't developing anything without my laptop. But I just right. I, I I got onto the flight. All I had was my backpack and uh, just a few clothes and such, and uh, that's what I still have actually. So I left a bunch of stuff at my friend's house over in um, Texas, and I'm hoping that eventually when I can. Um, like, because I'm hoping, I do have a lot of stuff that's sort of scattered around a bunch of my friends' houses, and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that eventually, like, once I can, like, set all my self down and get all, uh, like, I can sort of collect it all back together and just sort of have my own environment. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like you could, you could be doing any number of things, and you've done a ton of things. Um, what is it about game dev that, that draws you and, and keeps you driven through all of this? I think, in general, game dev has always been something that I've enjoyed. Like, naturally, I've always been a mathematician, and like, I just, I, ju- I just love crunching numbers behind things, and I love, I love developing physics engines. It's just been something that, uh, and I think that was one of the reasons that I got into like, um, uh, 
the program that I had and, like developing stuff at such a young age I just loved to, I just loved being like oh hey all this trigonometry and such so um <laughs> that that was always something that I um that I loved doing but on top of that I think I'd always been interested in like being a story writer and always been interested in sort of like um being able to create my own characters and have like a little adventure that they go through and like that's something that's ended up sort of manifesting itself into some of the characters I got in the game itself um mm-hmm. where it's like I get to and and I I would love the I would love the idea that like you know maybe in the future like if this game is something that people like that I I I it, it makes me it would make me happy to think that like maybe one day I have characters that would end up like resonating with people. I would really love to have a story that people enjoy. Yeah, in terms of game dev, it's just something that I've always wanted to do. Even from a young age. It's why I bought software that I had at like 12. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, um, I I think you've got uh, a fantastic story. I think that uh, the work that you've done on Floating Wonderland is super cool. Well, b- before we wrap up, I sh- I, I want to ask you the the question that I I ask all all my interviewees. Um, so here at Intelligame, we focus on these games and experiences that help us make connections between games and the real world. So I always ask people if you had to recommend your Intelligame, a game that was important or special to you, a game that. Uh, helped you think about the world a little differently or maybe influenced you in some way what would your intelligame be i think like the most influential game um that i for, for me would probably have been um freedom planet uh mostly because of the fact that it is based off of my primary favorite game because i because I, I think i mentioned earlier in the interview my um like my favorite game growing up has always been sonic 3 and knuckles and this one, right. the one i grew up with and freedom planet was like a game that sort of took that and took it into in an interesting direction and and sort of had um had its own twisted, but it sort of did it in an original way. And not to mention the fact that Freedom Planet also uses the same software that I do. So it just sort of <laughs> was the one that kind of pushed me in in the direction of like, oh, hey, like, um, I mean, there have been many games that have sort of pushed me in this direction. And I mean, even there's to that one cabinet in the store that did. But yeah. um, it's been one of those games that kind of pushed me in the direction of thinking like, oh, wow, I could really make something legitimate out of like, you know, what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's cool that's really cool um yeah i and i haven't spent enough time with uh with freedom planet but now that i i know it's so influential for you i'll definitely uh put it in my to-do list rena why don't you let people know where they can find you where your kickstarter is um you know give people a rundown so that if they want to learn more about floating wonderland or if they want to help support you like what ways can they do that Okay, so um, there's obviously my website where you can find me. It'll just be uh, renabo.com. That's R-I-N-A-B-O-W. Also, I have um, Twitter and Instagram, which is all, which is over the Renabo. So similar. Um, <laughs> and the Kickstarter you can actually find through, well, pretty much all of those. You can find it through my website. It's on the front page. Um, although if you're listening to this like after the Kickstarter has ended, which, you know, could, could be the case, then... Um, 
then either the Kickstarter has succeeded or failed. But um, even even if uh, you're tuning in after the Kickstarter is over, whether that succeeded or failed, I'm still going to be working on this project. And um, you can always support me through stuff that's on my website. Like I have a Patreon on there. I have a um, I even have just straight up PayPal donate links. Um, so if, if if anyone wants to stay in touch with that, and I've even got like a little Discord server where I do like kind of um, keep people updated on like a where my life is and b um, just like what I'm doing with the work on the game. I always like to just sort of give some uh, some like screenshots of like oh hey this is what I've put together today and all that kind yeah. of stuff. So um, yeah, you can find me through all those means. Most of it will be on my website. Cool. No, I I really appreciate you taking some time and. Um, I hope that we'll, you know, stay up to date about what's happening with Floating Wonderland and uh, what you're doing in general and where you are, <laughs> you know. Um, Which is going to be very varied by the sounds <laughs> of it. I do want to eventually get myself back to Vancouver, actually, because it is kind of like, um, at this point, I kind of consider it like a home. And I also have like someone that I'm sort of looking to try and reunite with back there. Um, sure. Sort of a... I would I would call it a love, but it's uh, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. But maybe that's what it'll be soon. I know. I I I really like um what one of the things that's been a little bit um depressing over this entire like span is just how alone I've been through. Well, I, I say alone because obviously I've had a lot of people around me and supporting and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, I, it it does feel very sort of lonely to not not have like any family or any kind of like um. I guess any close connections, anything like that. Um, so I guess it's one of those things that I miss out on, and I, and and it's why I can relate a lot with some of the uh, some of the stuff that's going on in the back room right now. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. like, cause I I've had plenty of um, like episodes where it's gotten. Uh, gotten really bad like i because i have i have a but i have a lot of emotional baggage to deal with on top of all of my uh other stuff that i do but i just kind of work through it because it's like i want you know i want to be happy and i want to um i want to be in a place that i that the that i can smile and be proud of myself at the end of the day because i i never started this to be successful or anything but like um you know, if that's if that's where I end up, I don't even know how I'm gonna respond to it. I mean, <laughs> I just I just wanted to have I just wanted to put a video game on a shelf in a video in, in some store in California. Right. Um. Uh. Although, like, you know, and 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 my biggest aspiration on, in life is to live on a bus. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That is is partially like I. I just like. It, my my dream home. I've I've always been looking at like those those London double decker buses and been like, I want one. <laughs> um, those double deckers are so um like ubiquitous over in England. You can mm-hmm. get them for as cheap as like um three to four grand at, in in some um in some places because they get decommissioned wow. a lot. Oh, so like, one sure. of the things that I was thinking was that like I could actually come over and that was that was one of the reasons that I decided to fly over to Europe. In fact, it was why my original flight was to London. Um. Because I was thinking, like, oh, I could um, try and see if I could pull that off. And then if that's the case, I'll end up sort of, like, putting a little office in there. And it'll be, like, my little, uh, my little arena bus. <laughs> well, I will, uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing it happen. I feel like if there was anybody who came up with an idea like that and it would happen, 
it, it'd be you. So. The best game development studio that you'll ever see. <laughs> Again, that was Rena Purdy talking about her game Floating Wonderland. You can find out more about her and her projects at her website, Renabow, R-I-N-A-B-O-W dot com. You can also find quick links to her work and the Floating Wonderland Kickstarter by checking out the article on IntelliGame at intgm.us slash paxrina. That's P-A-X-R-I-N-A. Thanks so much for listening to this IntelliGame podcast extra. If you appreciated what you heard today, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend or to give us a review on your favorite podcast website. You can also help support IntelliGame directly by funding us on Patreon. Patreon is a website where for as little as a dollar a month, you can give IntelliGame money to help us grow and to fund additional coverage and critical thought about games and the world around us. You can find us on Patreon by going to intgm.us slash Patreon. That's intgm.us slash Patreon. Last but not least, stay up to date on all of the IntelliGame news by subscribing to our newsletter. It comes to you once a week, and it can give you a lot of cool information about what's happening across the IntelliGame sphere. You can subscribe to that at intgm.us slash newsletter. Again, I'm Josh Boykin, founder of IntelliGame. You can shoot me an email with any feedback at josh at Thank you so much, and until next time, keep IntelliGaming.